0: Good morning, everybody. Beautiful day out there. March rain brings April flowers, or something like that, right? This is Transfiguration Sunday. It's the last Sunday of Epiphany before we start Lent. We're going to do something really special at the end of the service today. As we go into, uh, into worship, let's uh, draw our hearts and minds together in prayer. We do not presume to come to your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own goodness, but in your all-embracing love and mercy. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. Hallelujah! 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 Alleluia, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ has risen! Us new life. Hallelujah! 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 Glory, love, and praise to God. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is king. Let the peoples tremble. God sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. God is exalted over all the peoples. Let us praise your great and awesome name. Holy is God. Extol the Lord our God and worship at God's holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. Come, let us worship the Lord. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we propose to celebrate together with the help of God the sacrament of the Lord's Supper this Lord's Day. We come to the table to commune with our Lord and we come in awe and reverence for the place where we stand is holy ground. Here the Lord offers us the manna of life. If we are to experience this celebration with our Lord and be nourished by the Spirit, let us examine ourselves first. Then eat the bread and drink from the cup. The benefit is great if with penitent hearts and living faith we receive the Lord's Supper. Let us acknowledge our sin before our merciful God with full intention of amending our lives. Let us make restitution for all injuries and wrongs done to others. Let us forgive those who have offended us as we ourselves have been forgiven. All children of the covenant, Be reconciled with one another, and then come joyfully to the banquet, so that you may experience assurance of God's pardon and strengthening of your faith. Let us pray the prayer of confession together. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, help us amend what we are, and direct what we shall be, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. We pray through Christ the Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Thanks be to God. The law of God is God's plan for us as we live out our faith in Christ. Taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Let us share the law of God together. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not mutter. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not testify falsely against your neighbor. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Amen. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and holy spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth and find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. First lesson this morning comes to us from the book of Exodus chapter 24. And chapter 34 Moses goes up to the mountain hear now the word of God the Lord said to Moses come up to me on the mountain and wait there and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction so Moses set out with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up into the mountain of God to the elders he had said Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up the mount- on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second message or lesson comes from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. In this passage, Jesus goes to the mountain. Hear now the word of God. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. How many of you, as youngsters perhaps, have ever gone to a camp, summer camp, religious camp, Bible camp? Yeah. <clears throat> there is something about the camping experience, something about that special event that you're separated from all the stuff that normally uh, encroaches on your time and your energy and excites you, and you're isolated in a camp area, or a mountain area, or uh, away from it all, and it becomes a really wonderful place to um, sing, and to build relationships, and to worship, and to have a life that is very much in many ways distinct from what happens on a day-to-day basis. And many who go to camp will come home and struggle with the mountaintop experience, because when their feet hit the ground in the real world again, it's like, what happened to all those things I was feeling? What happens to the joy? What happens to the excitement? What happens to the relationships? What happens to all that? Today is Transfiguration Sunday. It is the last Sunday of the season of Epiphany. And it is the, last, or the first Sunday before the Lenten season begins. The mountain experience of both Moses and Jesus is an experience that is the equivalent to what we understand as the heavenly experience. It is the highest peak that they go to in order to encounter God. And in both instances, Moses and Jesus are transfigured. They are both seen by the people as different. The words they use are shining, glowing. What is this experience and its significance for us? What does the transfiguration of Jesus have to do with what we'll do tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning? Why is it recorded? What is it there for? Is it there only so that somehow or other we will understand that Jesus is divine or that Jesus is God's only uh, voice to us? Is that enough? Is that all there is? This passage, this event, the transfiguration on the mount, is a transitional event. There are, not, it is not just coincidence that we read the passage from Exodus and the passage from Matthew. Moses' experience, if you remember, was a continuing experience. When he came down from the mountain, he continually had to put the veil over his face when he talked to the people and would take the veil off when he would go into the temple to talk or the tabernacle at that point. Okay. In Jesus' case, when Jesus comes down the mountain, there is no one but the disciples who takes notice that he is glowing, that he has been transfigured, that he has been changed. Jesus doesn't wear the veil. Jesus doesn't have to somehow hide his face from the people that he's going to be speaking with or or sharing time and meal with at the bottom of the mountain. The significance. Moses Carries the shining face to the people as a reminder of God's presence among them. His shining face is the metaphor, if you will, for the glory of God dwelling among the people of Israel. Jesus, on the other hand, is the glory of God dwelling among Israel. His very presence is the shining light. His very presence. When God takes Elijah and Moses away and says to the disciples, this is my beloved son, you will listen to him. It is not just God somehow decreeing that Jesus is his divine son. It is God saying, this man This one who lives and dwells among you is the very glory of God. Listen to him. The words of Jesus are not just good advice. Interestingly enough, in in the Huntington Post... The editor ran an article this past week about how evangelicals like Jesus because what Jesus does for them, but they really don't listen very well to what Jesus says. It's an interesting article, an interesting argument, but it's true probably of all Christians. We come to Jesus Christ because we want our sins forgiven. We come to Jesus Christ because somehow we want our prayers answered. We come to Jesus Christ because somehow Jesus is going to help us in some way, shape, or form. But God is saying, Jesus Christ is my glory. This is who I am. You want to get into my presence? You want to see what heaven is like? Look into his face. Listen to his words. There's nothing better than that. The mountaintop experience for us is the daily experience of listening to the will of God in Scripture and doing it. And doing it. When we love someone, when we do that loving deed or that loving act, when we... Sacrificially do something for the well being of another being. That's not just a good deed that's going to get you a crown in heaven someday. That is the glory of God in our midst. When Jesus said to us, Love each other as I have loved you, he was not just giving us a random act or duty. That is how we share in God's glory. That is how the glory of God is revealed, not only to us, but to the world. The difference for us as Christians in the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen, is that the people have looked at the church. They have looked at the face of the church for over a hundred years, probably over two or three hundred years, and guess what? In most cases, they haven't seen God. And we're guilty. They have not seen the shining face. They have not experienced the glory of God. And part of the reason for that is the fact that we haven't. And we need to. Every time one of your children hugs you, every time your spouse gives you a kiss, every time your spouse puts a wonderful meal in front of you to eat, every time your friend shakes your hand and gives you a good hug, every time someone says to you, thank you, and looks you in the eye and smiles and says, I appreciate what you did for me. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not just courtesy. That's not just kindness. That is the glory of God. Human beings don't do that in their own nature. Today is a glorious day for us. It is a day in which Jesus Christ has transformed us to be the shining face to the world. And as we begin the Lenten season, you all know this. I hate Lent. I really do. It's the worst time of the year for me, emotionally and psychologically. Okay? Because it's all this mea culpa stuff. Okay? You know, it's all the sin and the darkness and the shadow. And who likes that? I mean, I don't. In the middle of winter, I'm not crazy about it. I'll be honest with you. And Lent is one of those seasons. So I have to be honest with you and tell you that today is the only thing that holds me together until we get to Easter. It's this whole idea, you see, that somehow or other, God knows how to clean us up so that we can be the shining glory in the world. And the, the piece of time between Transfiguration Sunday and Easter Sunday is kind of like, our, it's like time to clean up our act. But in the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, this is God telling us who we ought to look like, what we ought to be like. And when we get to Easter, God is going to say to us, now you've got the power to go be it. Get out of here and do it. But there's a whole time in between where we get ourselves cleaned up and ready. Today, as we come to the table, God says to us, You are my body and my blood. As you eat and as you drink, you become my presence in the world. Let your glory, my glory, shine through you. Let's pray. Remove the veil from our eyes and grant that we might see you in your word, O Lord through the gracious work of your Holy Spirit, so that we might love you more fully, walk in your way, and stay on your path. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. the Lord I'll be ever thankful. In the Lord I will rejoice. Look to God, do not be afraid. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. Lift up your voices, the Lord is near. Stand with me please and let us use the words of the confession of faith as our way of confessing our faith to each other and to the world. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper which we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembrance, of communion, and of hope. We come in remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. By his death, resurrection, and ascension, he established a new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation that we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken by him. We come to have communion with this same Christ who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us unto life eternal. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and foretaste of the feast of love, of which we shall partake when his kingdom has fully come. When with unveiled face we shall behold him, made like unto him in his glory. Since by his death, resurrection, and ascension, Christ has obtained for us the life-giving spirit who unites us all in one body, so are we to receive this supper in true love, mindful of the communion of saints. All those who are baptized into Christ and who confess Jesus Christ as Lord are welcome at this table. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, for all is now ready. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy and right it is in our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and in all places, O Lord, our Creator, almighty and everlasting God. You created heaven with all its hosts and the earth with all its plenty. You have given us life and being and preserve us by your providence. But you have shown us the fullness of your love and in sending into the world your Son, Jesus Christ, the eternal Word, made flesh for us and for our salvation. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who transfigured in the light of your presence. Came as the light of the world to show us your way of truth in parables and miracles. With your whole church on earth and with all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name. Holy, Holy, Most righteous God, we remember in this supper the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. In the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his soon coming again, we offer ourselves to you as holy and living sacrifices. Together we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body. Broken for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. In like manner, he took the cup when they had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take and eat it unto the salvation of your soul. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take and drink it unto the salvation of your soul. Brothers and sisters, since the Lord has now fed us at his table, let us praise God's holy name with heartfelt thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with steadfast love. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He does not deal with us according to our sins, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who feed him. As far as the east is from the west, So far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and will also give us all things with him. Therefore shall my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Amen. We praise and thank you, O Lord that you have fed us at your table, grateful for your gifts and mindful of the communion of your saints. We offer to you our prayers for all people. God of compassion, we remember before you the poor and the afflicted, the sick and the dying, prisoners and all who are lonely, the victims of war, injustice and humanity, and all those who suffer from whatever their sufferings may be called. We especially remember Edith and Nancy, our missionaries in the Middle East for Brian's family, for George and his family. O Lord of Providence, who holds the destiny of the nations in your hand, we pray for our country. Inspire the hearts and minds of our leaders, that they, together with all our nation, may first seek your kingdom and righteousness, so that order, liberty, and peace may dwell with your people. O God, the Creator, we pray for all nations and peoples, Take away the mistrust and lack of understanding that divides your creatures and increase in us the recognition that we are all your children. O Savior God, look upon our church and its struggle upon the earth. Have mercy on its weakness, bring to an end its unhappy divisions, and scatter its fears. Look also upon the ministry of your church, increase its courage, strengthen its faith, and inspire its witness to all people, even to the ends of the earth. For our young people in Middlesex today, for James Esther, for those who struggle with decisions regarding uh, the life of other people and their own in this economic times, we raise all these things to you, O Lord, author of grace and God of love, and ask that you send your Holy Spirit's blessing to your children here present. Keep our hearts and thoughts in Jesus Christ, your Son, our only Savior, who has taught us to boldly pray, saying, Our Father in heaven, Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We want to invite everyone who is visiting with us today to join us immediately after the service. In the bellhauer parlor for coffee and refreshments and i want to remind you to stop by the bulletin boards and check out all the announcements there's some new things up uh, folks might be interested in checking out okay are there any announcements that need to be made if not then let's stand and sing the closing hymn together